This week's major spoilers podcast of the Weekendy Type Edition goes out to Scott Fogg, who uh, probably went around the world in 80 days or something like that. It's, it's like 9 o'clock, and I have been up since 7 in the morning. Uh, I'll be funnier next time, Scott. I'm really, really sorry. But this one goes out to you. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hello, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us today or tonight or tomorrow or whenever Can I that get you're a listening. What? 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 Oh, this show Black is Eyed so Peace much. The house, this, y'all. this show is so much different from the My name is Apple D. App. scheduled show that we usually talk about crazy and strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to just really quickly talk about a book that is from SLG uh, Slave Labor Graphics. It's called uh, Des Taylor's The Vesha Valentine Story. Mm-hmm. This is if you get a chance to pick this up. We've talked about GG Studios before and how much we love. That art style, that almost like it's an animation cell mm-hmm. style. Um, Vesha Valentine, I saw some solicitations of this, and they had sent me some pre-release art. And it basically looked like a bunch of pinups, and that's originally how it started. Until they said, well, is there a way that we can weave a story around this character? And basically, she is a Hollywood legend. She is um, Marilyn Monroe. She is... Uh, Betty Jane Mansfield, she is Betty Page, all wrap, wrapped into one. So she has the the life. She's loved. I mean, it comes to the end of the story, and they're like, well, she just kind of disappeared into obscurity, yet this is her granddaughter who's telling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet throughout, it's just like take after take of pinup cheesecakey art mm-hmm. that is done in that animation style and flair that um, I just I just find fascinating and just love it. Um, what do you think, Rodrigo? I saw you flipping yeah. through this before the show. Um, the art is definitely really good. I I actually didn't get to didn't get a chance to read a lot. It's of not it. much story. It's just like you yeah. know, this happened in 1952. She starred in the Busby Berkeley musical. You know, whatever. Right, and that that what's kind of weird about it. I, I feel that if it had if it actually had no text, it might be stronger mm-hmm. because if the if the text doesn't convey any sort of conflict, right? You know, then then there's kind of almost no no point to it even being there. Mm-hmm. We ran some sneak pages up on the majorspoilers.com website that people can check out. It is 1295 and Matthew and I a week ago went to the uh, Planet Comic Con convention in Kansas City and you could pick up a sketchbook for 10 bucks. You could go and pick up um you know Chad Spilker's sketchbook of sexy babes and you'd pay probably between 10 and 15 dollars. I forget what you pay for it. Mm-hmm. You're getting essentially the same equivalent in color here with this Vesha Valentine book. And I really like it. If you're a fan of cheesecakey art and you like really pretty art, uh, this is something worth tracking down, I think. If you have an iPad or you read uh, digital comics on your Android device or whatever, it was also available about two or three weeks ago through Comixology, through their app, and you can track it down there as well. So I just wanted to mention that. Were there any other fascinating books that you guys have read recently that you wanted to uh, to touch on? Um, we already talked about creature tech. Yeah, that's about it. You're so busy, Rodrigo. I really am. I'm trying to. I I picked up. Uh, is it the second volume of Hellboy? Wake oh, the yeah. Devil. Mm-hmm, I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to to get through it, but I just and you know Hellboy doesn't have a lot of text a lot of the time, and I still haven't been able to get through it. Oh, I understand. What about you, Matthew? Is there something else that that you've read recently that you think we should you should mention that listeners might want to find fascinating? Uh... I don't think I've read anything recently, but the short stories of Stephen King. Actually, you are a big fan of that. You're you're always mentioning that. How, oh yeah. How often would you say that you reread that book? Well, there are six or seven of them, but I would say that eh, I cycle them back in every year or so. The last one um, is Night Shift, which I think is the mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Love right. Night Shift. Night Shift has some killer stories in it. Strawberry Spring is a huge influence on me and my mm-hmm. writing. Four seasons. Uh, if you ever ever hear me. Uh, different seasons, actually. I started oh, reading seasons, okay. this morning. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Different Seasons has... Uh, different Seasons is fascinating because there's four stories in it, and three of them have been made into movies. Right. Um, Apt Pupil was that thing with Surian Magneto as uh, a Nazi, and then there was... Uh, Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. And Stand By Me. And then there was right? The Body, which was made into Stand By Me. Yeah. yeah. What's the fourth, but, the fourth uh, you story know, in there? It's a story called The Breathing Method. It's uh, about a woman who is beheaded and then uh, delivers her baby anyway. Bah! So you're probably, probably not going to see a movie of that one. No, probably not. Rodrigo, are there books that you reread but, a lot? No. Like prose? I, not, not really. The, I think the only book that I've read twice is the Maltese Falcon. Mm. Once because it. it was an assignment, the second time because you actually wanted to read it. Correct. Okay. Um, I, I you know, I, I, I actually don't read a lot of prose because I don't do a lot of reading outside of uh, role playing. Do you books. read any cons? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, the there? only there are a few but, books that I've read multiple times. Uh, one would be the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it's been a few years since I've read that. The other one, and again, it's been a few years, mainly because I'm so busy with other things, and I know uh, Bruce Otter, who does the Major Spoilers Adventures over at Majorspoilers.com, uh, he will, and I don't know if he does this every year, or if it's every two years, or what it, whatever it is, it's the Illuminatus Trilogy, which I only mm-hmm. got into after college, but man, I love reading that book. Mm-hmm. Every time you read it, you get a different a different take on something. It's just total awesome. Plus, it's full of conspiracy stuff that'll trip your mind out, especially if you've eaten a sandwich before reading it, so... Dude. Indeed. I actually had uh, some things turn up that I think would might possibly make Rodrigo jealous. What's that? Uh, well, of course, you know that I work for a comics or gatekeeper hobbies. Hunt, dude, engage, Topeka. Ask us about our eBay store. <laughs> <laughs> but we had um, a beta version Cyclopean Tomb nice. show up. Uh, we had a bunch of lands come up. We had a, it wasn't the Black Lotus, I don't think, but it was like a Mox Ruby or something. But we had a bunch of really weird stuff come up. And then um, Sarah, who rents my basement, came home yesterday with a literally a huge five row box of magic cards. Nice. Um, with like, like a lightning bolt in there. And mm-hmm. uh, what's the one? What's the one with the doll that looks like a gingerbread doll? Oh, the stuffy doll. Yeah, there's there's a stuffy doll. There's like the rack and then yeah. the torture chamber or something. Yeah. Those yeah, were honestly, really cool. I'm and then a- I'm 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 very much a a, a child of, of modern Magic: The Gathering. I usually uh, will not will not go out of my way to seek out older cards because the the way that the game is going now is slightly different from uh, how the game was first going and then from its its earlier iterations and a lot of those cards are are honestly either overpowered mm-hmm. or in current environments don't really work the way they're supposed to anymore are they still legal to play in, in uh, tournaments some of them stuff? some of them are banned um but yeah. either way magic in, in the infinite uh genius of wizards of the coast right there are turn like magic tournaments are time sensitive so mm-hmm. only the last, either the last three sets or the last, either only the last two or the last four sets are legal in oh, most I tournaments. See. I see. So obviously, as a new set comes out, everything slides over. Yeah, that's nice. um. Well, oh, it's. But it's do really, they have any tournaments where you can oh, just yeah. go where you sure. want? There's actually a new set coming out. There is. There's a there's a brand new set coming out. Um, usually you will get an announcement of what the new set is going to be called, like two sets back. So. Mm-hmm. They just announced before this announcement. They announced the set that will happen after this one. After this one that's coming. Oh, up. okay. So right. they they announced two <laughs> sets from now before they announced this one because the point is this one is is a big deal. You know the the uh, Fire, new ref, new Phyrexia. Yes, new Phyrexia. Um, 
Currently, this is the Scarf of Meriden. is actually good because it has half the sugar of the original Phyrexia. Of oh, the original Phyrexia, <laughs> yes. No, uh, the original Phyrexia uh, really? doesn't because have any I've sugar. I've been rubbing it on that, that dry spot on my leg. Yeah, you don't want to do that either. <laughs> um, so the, the plot of, the, uh, of Scars of Mirrodin is that you have Mirrodin, which is this metal world, which, mm-hmm. is, which is a throwback to a previous set. Um, and at the core of Mirrodin has been festering this infection of, of Phyrexian oil, which is a throwback to an even older set. Um, which has now spawned all these monstrosities that are trying to take over Mirrodin. So the whole point of the set is, are the Mirrens going to win or are the Phyrexians going to win? And it was just announced that the Phyrexians are going to win. Wow. Um, so this is this is something that Magic doesn't usually do yeah. as far as waiting until the last moment. They actually have packaging art for what Mirrodin Pure would have been if they had decided, oh, decided to, go to go that, that way. To go that direction. And of course, when when they first announced that they might do one or the other, um, I thought to myself, well they have to go with New Phyrexia, because mm. that's the most that's the one that's going to open the most doors for them, having this big evil, you know, monster planet basically for right. them to play with. And then they came out with both of the arts for them, and I was like, but I really like the Mirrodin pure <laughs> art. I like yeah, the way yeah. it looks. It basically looks like I Mirrodin. Like uh-huh. it's really clean and white. Oh yeah, cool. Um, so it looks like it looks like an, my my uh, iMac, mm-hmm. um, which is which is an interesting look for uh, a magic for a magic set. set. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean they they just announced that, and I'm I'm excited for it. I used to really not like. When when Mirrodin first came out, I really didn't like it. Or rather, when I started playing and I would see cards from Mirrodin and people would play against me with decks based on Mirrodin, I really didn't like it for two reasons. One, it had a lot of kind of degenerate cards mm-hmm. that were just too good. Yeah, hang around um, on the street corners at night. Yeah, they you know, chasing old ladies down. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Flashing, flashing people because <laughs> flash is an actual mechanic. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, the other thing is, is that I really that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> I really I really didn't like the art. Mm. Um because it looked like 90s world. Right. It looked like uh somebody punched Spawn in the gut and he threw up on a circuit board and that's what Mirrodin looked like to me. Um in this modern version they've changed up a few things, but it still really looks too spiky and flowy for my taste you know it's yeah, yeah. it's like it's like a uh in a lot of ways it's like what i imagine the witch blade looks like on a microscope if it had tiny metal people living in it uh somebody says what people have missed in this big announcement is the fact that the original creator of mirrodin is returning to save the mirrens the war is over but the struggle continues on i i don't i'm not sure Who's where exactly that? he got karn the the golem that originally created Mirrodin, um, but he, the Phyrexians have control of him now, so maybe he will bust out and save some Mirrens, uh-huh. but he's working for the bad guys right now. You know, and, and this may be one of the reasons why I was never into magic that much, even though I had a lot of cards and we played mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I just never thought of a big story playing out yeah. in your decks. It's, magic is interesting because they they put a lot of thought into the story, but it's it's also weirdly dissonant because the story only sort of partially plays out in the cards, especially mm-hmm. since you're encouraged to use cards from multiple sets, which right. then doesn't make sense. What what the the game kind of goes for is there's all these struggles going on in these universes and the, across this multiverse. Um, you are another planeswalker that's kind of not a, involved but you do visit these worlds right you know take notes of the creatures and spells being cast and incorporate them into your own spell arsenal so that mm-hmm. when your own story plays out and you are uh attempting to murder the archmage rodrigamus maximus and his changeling <laughs> deck um then yes. you will be able to use these uh deck of cheating yes <laughs> the, deck, <laughs> the deck of many cheats um and then you will be able to use these uh these spells that you have learned oh, okay um there are yeah. other products for example plane there's there's one called plane chase which mm-hmm. simulates you hopping from plane to plane while you're fighting oh cool um there's one called arch enemy in which one person is the arch enemy and they get 
these oversized cards that are basically big bonuses that they get so that they can fight multiple people at once. Uh-huh. So there are ways in which, you know, a little bit more of the flavor and the story comes out. But yeah, if you're if you're not familiar with the storylines, it is sometimes difficult to get into that flavor. Yeah, and, and I think maybe even if you don't know the storyline, I mean, you can get into it of, mm-hmm. here's my monsters versus yep. your monsters, but what's that other, that not Pokemon, but what's Yu-Gi-Oh. the other? Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. It's, it's almost kind of like that, right? Yeah. Okay. It is kind of like that in that I, Yu-Gi-Oh! totally ripped off magic. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I don't follow yeah, the timeline yeah, yeah. of when things are. but <laughs> like, No, yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> in a recent episode of Critical Hit, I tried to bring up a point about magic, and I got beaten down because Rob and Brian were in the room. Rodrigo brought his friends to, you know, keep me from talking. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've, you know, I tried to make the point that, to me... One of my problems with Magic 4.0 is that it is like Magic in that there is that overarching story and what you bring to the table in your deck or your character kind of creates or plays into that overarching story to where it's like a collaborative, this is what we're playing with, these are the bits and pieces of the universe that matter for the purposes of our story. Mm -hmm. But that overarching story is still out there. And it bothers me that nobody gets to live that story. Nobody is going to play a magic deck that specifically acts out the battle between the Phyrexians and the Mirrodins and, you know, the Glavens and the Foinleuvens to where that story actually plays out for you as a consumer of the game, unless you go and I, I, I suppose Wait, you could read novels. And in, in fourth edition, you feel that you're not actually playing the actual storyline? Not uh, in the never, same way. It's just, it was a like different was point a to where in, in I don't feel like the storyline. No, 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 no. I mean, in 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 critical hit, oh, you don't oh. feel like you're playing the storyline. Oh no, I do feel that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In old in old school Dungeons and Dragons, and this you know to me, and it may come from the games that I played, where we you know we would use the occasional pre gen, or you know people would go to the dungeon of horrendous doom, and groups would have these experiences that were created and designed and basically those stories those arcs that some of them you play multiple times with multiple characters Mm -hmm. whereas in the fourth edition and again you know you're the only fourth edition game i've ever played and i I enjoy the game very much you're talking i think you're talking about critical hit because you know if you look at the eberron player's guide it says here's how to play the eberron plot line Mm -hmm. pick what you want Mm -hmm. you know Go, you can go here and fight the Lord of Blades, then you can fight the uh, Dalcor, and you can go over here and, and fight this and Orcus fight that, and or, that you know, stuff, get yeah. involved with the uh, well, that's, oh. with the Brelish aristocracy. <laughs> right. Um, and, and in Critical Hit, that's not the case, because I'm making it up as I go. Right. Um, Let me ask you a question about Critical Hit, because some people have asked this, and, and if this is something that you're planning, you can always say no comment on anything. Sure. As I often do. As you often do. Um, you know, you have had us play multiple characters... Uh, in this piece so that for a couple of reasons Ooh, one to advance me. certain elements of the plot mm-hmm. uh, and to make it more interesting and two to give us the chance to um uh play other character types mm-hmm. uh you know i've never played you know uh um the fighter you know right. the, the uh, and so i get to play the monk and matthew gets to play you know a wizard a paladin, and, yeah a paladin yeah. and all those kinds of things but one of the things i was wondering and i think somebody's mentioned it at one point and I know a lot of people are always writing in saying, oh, man, I want to put an evil group together and have them go do evil things. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of, not necessarily in this series, but it kind of would almost fit in this series, mm-hmm. having us play the monsters that can then go and fight like the other third or the other half or something like that so that we have the ability to play the evil character um, from I, that different point of view? I have. the 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 problem with either kind of playing parallels between the good guy, you know, having the same right. group play the good guys and the bad guys. Um, yeah, and we, have to, we have to die. The bad guys have to die. One of them has to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or lose, right. but but really die, because, mm-hmm. you know, what, what else would you lose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you guys already have nothing left to lose. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, I, I don't, especially on the other characters, I don't want to hinge too much of the plot on it, because you guys have even less incentive with those characters to follow the plot. Right. Because, you know, it does... I, I mean, and partially the reason why I do it is because it frees you up to do different things right, right, with right. your role-playing experience. Right. So, uh, you know, I, 
like to 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 say okay the other third have to do this 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 and this mm-hmm. um in order for this to happen I, I i usually don't hinge it too much and and you know if you look at the story with the uh with the other half and with the other third mm-hmm. um it it's mostly exposition right but does the plot does not hinge on it really okay. in any in any significant way mm-hmm. So, I mean, but... It's a side uh, quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically a side quest to have us play the evil character stealing the the totem or something like that that sure. happened in, back in episode 75 or something right. like that. But then you start getting into issues of, like, Continuity. well, if the characters are going into after it, then why aren't those evil characters defending it? Then I have to mm-hmm. explain that away. Like, mm-hmm. having, having two parties that are conflicting with each other played by the same people, eventually you're going to have to have those characters meet. Right. Because otherwise it's it's poor writing, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. having your hero never come face to face with your villain can only be played in certain ways. And certainly where each protagonist is written by a different person. Right. That even complicates things further. Yeah. yeah. So I think some people have asked that question. I know yeah. at least once or twice. So you are you are unlikely that. to see that unless I figure out a good way to to keep things under control. Let's talk about uh, Chu for a moment. Okay. Uh, you guys have read that first series, mm-hmm. right? Uh believe we reviewed it on the Major Spoilers podcast. Um, Showtime has picked up the rights to it. They're going to turn it into a, a television series for Showtime. Good idea? Bad idea? Will it work? Will it not work? They say it's going to be a comedy, and in a sense, it's dark humor. Yeah. But I think when people see comedy, they're thinking, ha knee slap. Well, yeah. Uh, it, it uh, I don't know. It Certainly, it has the potential of working, and I guess if I was going to pitch True, I would pitch it as a comedy um, but it it would be because I mean, what what network is it going to be? On? What Showtime, time? Showtime, yeah, yeah. You know, Showtime, HBO. Mm-hmm. You know, those. You know, you can you can get a go- away with a show like Rescue Me, right. which has a fair deal of humor, but is also you know a little bit more intense than your network TV shows, right? Um, so I mean, I think Chew could certainly work in that situation. Matthew, any thoughts? I think that. You have to play it as a comedy because the way Chu is put together, it is a comedy, but it's, I guess it's a subtler comedy and it's, you know, it's, it's specifically a comic book version of a comedy. And that's a good thing to me in that you can play with lots of subtleties of expression and, you know, things that you probably can't get away with when you're having to stage it. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you had to play it, doesn't Showtime have Dexter? I forget what Showtime has. I They've think, got yeah, Dexter, Dexter and maybe some other things. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that is what I Dexter thought Dexter is the story. The, yeah, Dexter is the story of a serial killer who also doubles as a crime scene profiler. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that if they can pull off that premise, they can pull off Chew. I, I know that it's not they, and it's like saying Disney said this and Disney said that. But I think that there's a sensibility there to where they're willing to let the people produce something that isn't you know, standard plot or that isn't, you know, stock characters and really put a different twist on, you know, a comedy with drama elements where Dexter is a drama with disgusting comedy elements. So, mm-hmm. Hey, who's looking forward to seeing, uh, Amy Adams play Lois Lane. Mm, I, I really don't know her that much. I mean, I don't know what she's been in. I, I mean, she was in, en- she was in, in Enchanted, Enchanted, Enchanted or something. Yeah. Yeah. She was in um, the thing that I always remember her for, and now I can't remember it. She was in. She was an insanely. She earned Oscar thing. nominations for her work in the acclaimed films Doubt and Junebug. Hmm. She starred in Enchanted, Julia and Julie and Julia, Charlie Wilson's War, That's and the Catch one. Me If You Can. See, she. Was, I just, I just don't recognize. I honestly, I can usually recognize faces before yeah. I'll remember names, but I just don't recognize. Her she face. was in a movie called like. She, sunshine cleaning or something like that hmm. okay. in which in which she she's like this single mom who goes into like crime scene cleaning like after oh, really? they, they oh, do okay. all that and it's it's actually a really good movie uh-huh just like a really mo- funny movie full of quirky characters and you know with a with a f- kind of a feel-good ending um now she yeah. is strawberry blonde in the pictures that i have seen mm-hmm. yeah she's wow it's it's a good thing that no one has invented hair dye <laughs> well, and and oh, forget wait. that. I mean, does does Lois Lane really have to have raven hair? One hundred percent, absolutely. Superman really I mean, need to fly. 
If if you look at the uh Oh come on, that is not the same thing at all. The first that's like time saying Miss Marvel you, I am uh, joking. And, and that's and that's why I just blew past it. Don't feed the trolls. Um You're a unitard. When it wasn't like the very first shot that we see of Lois Lane post crisis, doesn't she basically have like short red hair? Sorry. Yeah, yeah she like, does. I mean Lois Lane has been represented in, in, in more than one way, and you can get away with it. If they dye her hair black, that'll be fine. It It is an interesting casting choice in that she's never... I've never really seen her as a get-out-of-my-face kind of girl in, mm-hmm. in the movies that she plays. So it would be interesting to see a, a nicer Lois Lane, maybe a more meek Lois Lane, if that's what they're going for with this choice. Yeah. They might not. She certainly you know didn't... I haven't... Go ahead. She certainly didn't didn't uh, bring that like oh that's an awesome idea thing that uh oh what's her name now Amy Acker no 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 um Catwoman or Selena Kyle I'm sorry oh uh, Anne Hathaway Anne Hathaway yeah. did because I was like oh man she's so Julie Newmar right. I, I can see what they're going with here right um with her I was like yeah okay yeah that doesn't mm-hmm. bother me I I mentioned Amy Acker because she was um she was in Watchmen. And mm-hmm. she's a blonde in real life, and yet you see her in the movie, and you're like, "No, oh, no, no." Never Mallon Ackerman that, was in or Mallor Ackerman. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you see her in real life, blonde, and then you see her in the movie, and it's like, "Whoa, that's that's totally different." So yeah, mm-hmm. wig, dye, whatever, that'll work. Sure. Matthew, what were you going to say yeah. about Lois Lane? I I think it's important to note that I have yet to see, with the exception of Erica Durance on Smallville, a get out of my way badass Lois Lane on television or in film. It doesn't happen yet because i think people are still tied up in you know the and there's nothing wrong with it you know the 1950s thing where lois lane is on a particularly different level that john byrne portrayal of that hard-ass lois lane who gets what she wants we certainly didn't get it in superman returns well but we did no matter how much she they couldn't wanted pull to try it off though mm-hmm. i mean that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that was that was she just was a 12. failed attempt yeah exactly um, as opposed to them trying to rework Lois Lane into something else, and and that's really, I mean, you can you can make the argument that Tori Hatcher was kind of like that sort of Lois Lane, but the thing is that was a character piece, mm-hmm. so you can't have just a, a hard nosed basically cartoon character if the if if you have a show that focuses on the relationships that that character has. Uh, one interesting thing that I forget where I saw this posted either on Twitter or somebody. Uh, Amy Adams, I think, is 35. Mm-hmm. Diane Lane is like 45. Nice. And Diane Lane is playing Ma Kent. Yeah. So are we going to see Are you sure Amy Adams is 35? Uh, look it up. Uh, and this is what I was seeing off of somebody else's comments. Um, that she was around that age. She was born in 1974. She's 36. Almost 37. All right. Well, there, there you go. go. She's even even closer. And uh, Diane Lane is, uh, I believe, 45. Boy, she does not look it. And that's probably a good thing. I mean, she could probably pass for somebody in her 20s, or maybe Diane Lane is really looking that Do old. you think that I think maybe... Diane Lane was 46, yeah. She was born in 65, so No, she's 45. the one who's going to be playing Ma Kent. Ma Kent, yeah. Um, now, do you think yeah. that maybe we will see normal diane lane in a flashback i think if they're gonna do any makeup if they are well i'm not even sure we're gonna see age makeup if they're gonna do everything as a flashback and they're gonna re kind of tell a retelling um i think that the age is gonna be just appropriate for her i don't i really don't think we're gonna see her in old lady makeup or or kevin costner in old man makeup Mm -hmm. um or even whatever i just don't i I think that that cliche of let's age them is kind of past past well, yeah. yeah, but you have to think about Harrison Ford is only 12 years younger than Sean Connery, who played his dad. Yeah, that's true, too. I think that the but age Sean of Connery the actor... That's, anyone at the age of yeah, 12. That's right. <laughs> well, that's, that's not the point. Well, same same the thing point, with, uh, the, what was it, uh, Mel Gibson and Glenn Close in Hamlet. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they were just not that... They were like 10 years apart, maybe. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, well, and I think what it comes down to is that the age of the actor is not necessarily... As is, it's not necessarily going to be central to the portrayal. All the girls on Glee are twenty five and twenty six years oh, old. Yeah, sure they are playing seventeen year old girls. Thank goodness so. too. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, no uh, lie, because if they weren't 26, it would be bad. Who is excited about I love Aquaman Santana. series? Uh, comic book series? Comic book series. Not Aquaman, me. written by Jeff Johns. Not me. Anyone else? It depends on how cricket, how Brightest Day ends up. Well, I'm going to bet that Aquaman doesn't Aquaman die at the end of Brightest Day. I don't think Or does he? I mean, he could. That's the worst part about it is they could kill him at the end of Brightest Day and then just bring him back a month later. Matthew, here's maybe ongoing. where you can go off on a rant. Uh, Jeff Johns brought back um, Hal Jordan. He brought back Barry mm-hmm. Allen. And now he's mm-hmm. tackling uh, Aquaman. Well... Aquaman wasn't dead for 20 years. Aquaman didn't die for a good reason. Aquaman died off panel in Final Crisis and was dead for about 12 minutes. So it's not really the same thing. But to me, bringing back Aquaman is not as criminal as throwing Aquaman back into the same crap and having somebody cut off his hand. I mean, where are we going to go from that? What is, what is the symbology? What's the point of it all? And I think the point of it all was, let's spend 26 issues and suck a bunch of money out of people's wallets before the Aquaman relaunch. I'll probably look at it. If someone is doing the art that I like, mm-hmm. I might even buy it because I don't have a problem with Aquaman as a character. You know, he's not, he's certainly not the cock rocket that Hal Jordan is. Right. Now, uh, in the Silver Age, Aquaman was just this, you know, friendly, chummy, what we basically know like, from the like super vanilla friends. superhero. Yeah, yeah. Would you rather see him in that silver? I mean, I mean, Jeff Johns is obviously writing to the Silver Age characters and his love of those Silver Age characters. Would you rather see that plain vanilla Aquaman, or would you rather see uh, cartoon animated The Brave and the Bold? And we shall call this adventure the time I was talked about on a podcast, <laughs> and I saved those boys. What? Which which character would you rather see? The crazed over the top well, that's, Batman that's the animated fair. series Aquaman or the plain that's vanilla? That's not fair at all. That's like asking, would I rather see the cool, you know, twenty minutes to prepare for everything Batman or the square jawed, uh, voiced by Oswald Batman on Brave and the Bold? I like both in the right places. I think that their problem is going to come that for for us, especially for Alex Ross. The DC universe is shaped by by Christopher Reeve, by right. Linda Carter, by the Super Friends cartoon, by the things that we saw in the 70s that, by the way, weren't canonical portrayals of the character until the kids who grew up with those characters made them such. Mm-hmm. I think that the kids who grow up loving Brave and the Bold and the We Shall Call It Aquaman's Adventure on the Day of the Tacos you know, that Aquaman is eventually going to make his way into comics because the kids who grow up with that portrayal, that's going to be their Aquaman. Yeah, I and I think the same is going to be true of like, like Jaime Reyes. And I'm this next generation will save us. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that happens with the Adam because the Adam is still Ryan Choi. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but, and, you know, Molly loves Uncle Sam just from that one episode where everyone loves candy. Yeah. So. I I don't know that I would rather read either. I love Aquaman as voiced by Bender. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like, I don't necessarily see Silver Age Aquaman as being as bland as you seem because Aquaman was always kind of alienated and weird. Right. His son was murdered by Black Manta. He had, you know, wife troubles and he had all this stuff and he had Jim Aparo art that was just, oh my God, so, 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 so pretty. Well, and, and so I, I think, don't think of the Silver Age Aquaman as being that, you know, vanilla. I, I think, well, and maybe maybe the strictest Silver Age Aquaman is, is vanilla, but Aquaman has had other things going on. The problem is that no, like, n- they never stick with it for long enough. I, I remember reading a, a story with Aquaman in it, and it was like another the new forming of the Justice League kind of thing. And I, I think it was supposed to be like a retelling of that original Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he, like, Hal Jordan makes fun of him 
and he doesn't get it because right, he doesn't right. understand things. And then later on, he comes back and he gets really pissed at him and just kind of has his own hey, thing where he like, minute. you know, kicks over his chair like and says, you know what, I'm wrench. quitting. Like, nobody respects me yeah. around here. You think mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. And, you know, back where I come from, I'm a king. So mm-hmm. screw you guys. And then, you know, the Martian Manhunter goes and talks to him and is like, yeah, that, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> He's like that. But, <laughs> you know, it. it's that that in a, that's a portrayal of aquaman that i like that right. sort of like i want to help but i don't understand what's happening mm-hmm. but you can't have that portrayal for very long right because eventually people say well i can't believe that the aliens from third rock of the sun have never been to a restaurant until four years into their stay mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. y- you, you kind of run out of out of space uh, going with that right right let's dive into the email bag and see what we have in there. If you do that email noise again, I will come through the entire I got a size 14 shoe. I'm going to shove up your ass like a rubber Anyway, <laughs> listener email. You know, we, we rode in a car for four and a half hours and we got along fine, folks. I'm going to have to listen it's to It's all that. a show. It is really. Actually, I'm gonna have to, I haven't listened to that audio to see if it's any good. Matthew and I actually, I despise the on the road kind of, let's record a conversation in the car. And I thought, well, might as well try it and just see how it comes out because Matthew and I are sitting two inches away from each other. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really a fun a fun ride. I just don't know about the quality of the audio in that piece because yeah. and of car the noise. the interloper right. in the back seat. Eh, even her, At one you know, point even your daughter talking. popping in is is fine but i i mean there's some editing but i just the constant is gonna drive mm-hmm. listeners insane and i hate that and so if i can clean that up or i love the fact that she was giving us directorial notes she's like you know they can hear you talking about which direction we're driving people can hear you saying that and uh things like it's time for you to take a commercial break uh. <laughs> So I'll have to listen and listeners It may be a special show coming up uh, in the near future. We'll just have to see how things play out in my time and all that kind of stuff. So back to uh, back to listener email. Listener mail. Back in the Not day. Not the same as oh. listener female. Really enjoyed the mythology discussion. Just wanted to add a point. Back in the day, it was possible to have read all of the important books. As you were reading The Bard or another literary giant, you would be bombarded with references to other works, and you were expected to have knowledge of them. Reading Greek and Latin was the sign of an educated person. Awareness of mythology gave context to the Latin... Oh, get context to the text you were reading. It was similar to how Matthew reads League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You had to work you had to work to know what was going on. I think some authors today carry on that tradition and us comic geeks are really good at it. References to storylines, tropes, etc. probably stem from this history, I think. Some authors do it so blatantly that anyone can get the reference, and some are so sly you feel rewarded for catching on. In the fantasy world, Robert Jordan was a master at this sprinkling Norse, Native American, and current cultural mythology into his books. To provide a corollary to names are important, the underlying mythology can be used to enrich storylines without looking like a blatant ripoff. Quick example, one of the characters in Jordan's work has much similarity to Odin, references to ravens, etc. He ends up losing an eye to rescue a friend, furthering the similarity to Odin. It is rich, it is referential, but it is not cheap. And that doesn't touch on the trickster god-like qualities. Best, John. So that was a follow-up to last week's discussion about, uh, you know, the Greek mythology and what mm-hmm. kicked Rodrigo off was the discussion mm-hmm. of how, uh, what were you reading or something, that Thor was blonde and he really wasn't, and they were referencing the Marvel. Right. Like, why use, why use the name if you're not going to go with the actual story mm-hmm. kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So... Thank you, listener, for that. And listeners, if you have an email that you would like to send, send it to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Or if you would like to call the Major Spoilers Hotline, we certainly like everybody to call into the Major Spoilers Hotline. That number is Matthew. 785-727-1939, the Major Spoilers Hotline. i got to remember to renew that number tomorrow because it ends at Uh-oh. the end of the month. So, Yeah, man. Oh, on crap. Uh, I have one... Crazy theory. Uh huh. I watch Skyline so that you guys don't have to watch Skyline. And, and for you're special effects, watch it. yeah. When I offered, if you wanted uh, to watch right, it, right. the special effects are fantastic. I think there's some really good animation, some really good CGI compositing, that kind of stuff this is really good in that movie. The storyline, though, is really 
bizarre. Essentially, aliens come down in the middle of the night and they are stealing. And they bodies. give us they're some sucking, They're sucking up bodies into their giant ships. And as the story progresses, we find out that these alien spoilers are wanting our brains to power themselves, essentially mm. pulling out our brains, sticking them in their bodies so that the bodies can run and operate and all that cool stuff. I the protagonist or the protagonist, husband and wife, uh, are recently out from New Jersey. I believe it's New Jersey, somewhere East Coast uh, to Los Angeles to visit one of their friends who's a big now basically rap star kind of God kind of guy, mm-hmm. big up and comer, rich and famous, lives the life of luxury and craziness and parties all night and parties all day and uh, also find out that she's parties pregnant, right all in the middle the of time. this. Parties all the time. In the middle of this chaos finds out that she's pregnant. Well, as stories often happen when aliens invade, aliens basically win. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get taken up into the ship. Well, all throughout this story, the male protagonist is always constantly looking at this light and he's not turned. He is not totally hypnotized by these alien beings. And when they go to rip out his head, instead of a blue glowing brain... He has a red glowing brain. Whoa. And when he gets punched into one of these alien bodies, suddenly he turns into a superhero monster that's going around and starts punching the aliens that are trying to kill his wife, mm-hmm. rip the, the fetus from her body. And that's how the movie ends. A day or two later, I'm sitting around, I don't know, maybe ate a sandwich. But I'm like, you know what? This is a, this is an anti-democratic movie. De- democratic meaning the the, the anti liberal anti liberal oh, okay. movie very conservative movie okay? <laughs> okay all right so in in movies past uh, when you're going to destroy a big city what cities do you destroy New, New York. York right and also New York and also New York and Washington D C sometimes you can get away with London if you want to have that very international flavor right, right, right. let's destroy another landmark but make sure it's an <laughs> English speaking country's landmark yeah so we're not uh, brought upon. So this time, they decide to destroy Los Angeles. <gasps> Not only destroy Los Angeles, but drop nukes on Los Angeles. Because Los Angeles is that hotbed of liberal thinking and all those uh-huh. people who stand up for the Obamas of the world. <laughs> right? And of course, liberals, blue. That's their color. Right. And the general overall cast in this movie is blue. Mm-hmm. Except for... The hero, right, whose brain is red, conservative. He is being tempted by his liberal friend to move out to the West Coast, the left coast, if you will, to join mm-hmm. in this debauchery of, you know, he, the guy is supposedly married, yet he's having an affair with his assistant. Partying every night, drugs, rock and roll, guns. Well, guns somewhat conservative. but he and his wife don't want to move out there they want to stay where it's nice and safe you know we like nice and safe in new jersey i think they're from new jersey i mean that the story is really kind of crap crap uh but you know they want to be east coast you know this kind of more safer more Uh not crazy maybe more some people might say conservative way of of living and the minute that they find out that she's pregnant, it's all about let's protect. Maybe we got to do this so that the, the child survives, so that we survive. Mm-hmm. Family values, family right. oriented character. Even in the fact at the end when they're trying to rip the unborn fetus from her body, mm-hmm. he is there to save those family values and protect the world from aliens. Right. And where else do we hear the word? aliens in our society Uh, and the next movie battlefield la we've got to build walls around our country to keep those aliens out Mm -hmm. and also in southern california a hotbed of alien activity (laughs) i know this sounds crazy but i mean if you really think about and maybe the point is you can really read into anything that you want. I, I think that is the point. And here. I think because there is no story in this piece, you don't care about any of the characters in this movie. You start to say, okay, what does this mean? What is the point of all this? Mm-hmm. And you start grasping at these weird straws and right. they're going, you know, if you really wanted to have one of these agendas, you could really put that into this movie and say, 
look at this propaganda that the conservatives are putting out to denounce the liberals or vice versa. Look how we're destroying the liberal, the liberal movement. Mm -hmm. You watch the movie. Okay. After you watch it, think about what I said and say, you know, nah, you're maybe not too crazy. Uh, I, I, I can, I can guarantee you right now that I will say <laughs> Stephen is certainly grasping at straws. Not that you don't have the right to do it, but uh, I, I would say that your analysis of it is is uh, is, is somewhat um, what I want to say convoluted because I, I think that there's a unilateral attack yeah, against yeah, yeah. Li liberals, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like. The, the people being killed are liberals and the right, people right. killing them are liberals. Right? Oh, no. Right? The, the aliens. Right. The aliens yeah. are exploding LA, right, right, which right. is liberal. Right, right, the, right. the aliens themselves are liberals yeah, 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 yeah. and pulling the brains oh, out yeah, of liberals. Because, you know, the liberals are going to destroy themselves from the inside. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they love things like me. nuclear weapons and guns yes, and stuff exactly. like that. <laughs> exactly. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm definitely not on that conservative mm -hmm. take of things. But uh, I just thought I'd bring that up so that as you prepare yourself, oh, okay. that there's actually a hidden conspiracy inside this I, eye candy... Here's here's really? what here's what you should do. Go back and watch iRobot and mm -hmm. just think red light means communist. Oh, you're right, Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Matthew, do not watch Skyline. All right. I'm just warning you right now, do not watch Skyline. I don't know what Skyline is. I mean, I, I, I hear just you told you what it was. And, and, uh, it was a conservative plot. Yeah, but all liberals. I really heard was wah, 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 speculation, wah, 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 wah. That's because you're, that's because you're silly. No, it's, it's about a, because I've been up for that's 36 to, hours at this point. That's all you need to know. It's a, it's a silly alien invasion movie that has, uh, I don't know. Some people will say some redeeming value, but I don't see much of it. What is the flavor? Well, I will. Right? I will why say are, the one why are thing so many movies tinting themselves blue and green these days? Um, it's just fashion. Like this kind of uh, we we live in a post neon world. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's there's something to a glue a blue glow and a green glow. You know, there's a reason why uh, health potions in video games are either blue or green. Mm. There's a reason why damage is usually red, and that's, you know, because blood is red, because fire is red, and those are things that have, you know, fire inflicts damage on people, and, and blood comes out of people when they get hurt, so we just have these connotations to color. Okay. Anything else you guys want to talk mm. about this weekend on the show? Um, tacos? Tacos? Have you tried these new shrimp tacos? tacos Taco I, I have not. The best part about the shrimp tacos campaign is that they, they keep saying things like, wow, you get four shrimp in these. <laughs> like, and they're yeah. not even jumbo four whole shrimp. Yeah, shrimp. Right now. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's the problem that I have with shrimp. And that's why I rarely ever order shrimp at, at restaurants is well, because... Well, number one, they don't devein them correctly. Well, sure. And and the, the issues of ordering seafood in the right smack in the center of the Midwest is already yeah. is, is already a problem. Right. But also because you might go to a restaurant and order like, we'll say the shrimp Alfredo mm -hmm. and get a bowl of pasta with four micron shrimp yeah, yeah, yeah. in them. Or, you know, you might get a bowl of pasta with six jumbo-sized shrimp or even more. Mm -hmm. um, but it's always it's always a crapshoot. So, I, you know, the first time I go to a restaurant, I usually wait for someone else to order the shrimp. I'm, yeah, I don't, unless I'm on the East Coast or West Coast or somewhere near a seaport, mm -hmm. usually try to avoid shrimp. But I, yeah, did, I did try those shrimp tacos just to see what they were like. I didn't care for it. They're good. I know people say, to me, it tasted a little fishy and when... Fish tastes fishy is not good. Matthew liked them. Matthew liked them, though. I think you like the sauce, though, right, Matthew? I did like the sauce, but I think that, honestly, there is no real food in Taco Bell food, and I don't mean that as pejoratively and horrible as it sounded. Yeah. It's you not as have. though you go to Taco Bell for, like, eh, you don't go to Taco Bell for, like, you know, fresh sirloin steak, and they can call it a steak burrito all you want. It's the same meat that goes in the Alpo. You can tell by the smell that it's the same meat that goes in the Alpo. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're paying 94 cents for a burrito. You know, you shouldn't expect 
amazing, you know, culinary experiences. This is not Iron Chef and Alex Guarnaschelli is not going to tell you that your shrimp taco is inferior and you're chopped. But I will say this about the shrimp taco, that weird kind of, I don't know if it's Asiago or Parmesan sauce is really good. And I just want to go and get some of the sauce and put it on other things. But it's not a, is it? Hey, you haven't tried it though, Rodrigo. I, I haven't. Although I will, I have a similar uh, feeling for the uh, for Subway's Southwest Chipotle sauce. Yeah, yeah. Since it's basically, it's basically just, oh, I love mayonnaise. It's yeah, just ba- ba- basically it's sauce. spicy Tabasco mayonnaise. Yeah. Um, which combines two of the great, great, greatest mm-hmm. things that I like, which is mayonnaise and mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love so, it when you say yeah, mayonnaise. I mean, I, 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 I've, I've told you guys the, the mayonnaise thing, right? Right, right, right. Okay. We we won't yeah. go into it again, but uh, yeah, I mean, I will go to Subway because I feel like having that sauce. So mm-hmm. I'll be I, on my way in. I'll, I won't. I'll be thinking about what sandwich I want. In so far as I want to figure out what will go best with that sauce. Have you been to yep. the store and just bought some spicy mayo? Um, I've I've tried it before, and it's it's for some reason. It, it tends to not be the same, but I just maybe haven't found a, a brand that I particularly like. And I don't always feel like having spicy things. Um, I, I feel that a lot of the time they detract from the actual flavor of things. If you're if you're worrying about whether something is spicy mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. I like spicy mayo. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Have you ever just tried to mix your own? Well, clearly you like spicy mayo. I, I think like last time mayo. you uh, provided food for a critical hit you had uh sandwiches but also the the only condiments available <laughs> yeah, were spicy, spicy mayo mustard. spicy <laughs> mustard and a different kind of spicy mustard i thought we had plain mustard but it turned out we did not <laughs> i thought i brought down plain mayo yeah I, I think you did find some plain mayo somewhere yeah. this expired last month but eh, it still smells yeah. okay should be fine. It's, it's egg based. It'll be fine. Yes. It'll be it's, egg based. It's, the Chipotle. If, if anything, if you know that anything keeps, it's eggs. <laughs> yeah. The Chipotle sauce is really great on like a sandwich with no meat whatsoever. If you just go in and get like a veggie sandwich on the honey oat bread and you put that Chipotle mm-hmm. sauce on it, oh man, that's good. I actually get it's the amazing. I get that I get that sandwich, but without the chipotle, but with spicy mustard and mayo. Mm-hmm. That's my sandwich, right? Yeah. There. And they know me now that it's like I can be five people back, and they'll already start preparing the sandwich. So all I have to do is walk up to the register. Yeah. See, I order a different sandwich every time, and they try. The nice people at at the Russell Subway really try to remember my sandwich, mm-hmm. but I order something different every time. You know, it kind of freaks me out that you know we're kind of all creatures of habit mm-hmm. a, a lot of the time and it kind of freaks me out when i can go into some place and they're like hey you're the foot long veggie sandwich on the honey oak guys no black olives spicy mustard and mayo yep and it kind of bothers me and i don't know why because then I'll, then i'll either not go there for a couple of days mm-hmm. or i'll next time i'll come in i'll switch it up intentionally mm. i don't know why that is i you know i, I don't know either it seems like, like that, a really you, silly thing to worry about uh, no, it's not a silly thing to worry about. I think that I think that it does kind of hint uh, at some uh, <laughs> deeper psychological issue. And I don't I don't mean to say there's anything wrong with you, but I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I will I will walk into let's say that I'm uh, with someone else, and we'll go to Subway, right? And let them go first. And I and I'm walking in. And I'm like, you know what? I really want a meatball sub with Parmesan cheese mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. it. So I w- we walk in. This person walks up. My friend walks up and orders a meatball sub with Parmesan cheese on it. Right. And then I will change my order because I don't want to order the same thing as someone else. Why not? Which is I know it's ludicrous. It is. But it's the same ridiculous no, psychological kind of thing. thing that's yeah, yeah, keeping it, you no, from all, ordering the same thing. It is the exact same. It's, it's not it quite is. the exact same thing because I think you're worried about you're, you're worried about your personal information. Oh yeah, you're yeah, worried that, yeah, that you're this right. person that is, is getting yeah, to yeah. know you, yeah, yeah. but you don't want this person to know you. Right, right, what right. I'm worried about is that this is an attempt on my creativity. Ah, I see. Which I guard zealously. Yeah, yeah. I don't like people knowing anything about. Yeah, exactly. You don't like people knowing how you think or how you operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially when they don't know the whole story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, anything you want to add this week? I don't care what people think of what I eat. In fact, anybody anybody who has an opinion about what I eat can have we cursed yet? Oh yeah, I think so. But that's no? why you don't have to. Okay, they can they can go clord me themselves because, it, for all intents and purposes, 
I don't know. I go to the uh, same grocery store every morning before work. Right. And what it does is I go in and I grab uh, an orange soda and a bottle of Evian and something to eat. I don't know what it usually is. This morning it was uh, Hot Pockets with bacon. But I don't necessarily want to eat the same thing over and over and over. And for a while I got into a thing where they had these chocolate-covered honey buns. And man, those were good. And then after a while I'm like, you know what? I'm really sick of chocolate-covered honey buns and I haven't bought one since. And they stopped making them or they stopped, the store stopped stocking them when I stopped eating them. And I started to wonder <laughs> if maybe this was their way of business. trying. Could be. I don't know. Because, you know, I, I bought the chocolate covered honey bun for like a week and a half every day. Suddenly, you some know, corporations and, like we're shutting down the chocolate honey bun plant. They stopped selling them in Topeka. Uh, Fire all those 50 people over there. Out. Way to go, Matthew. Yeah. You're but brought about the downfall happy to be of the economy. Well, life sucks. No, I, mean, get a helmet, I, meant I, guess, I, I meant something non-food related. If there was anything else you wanted to bring up, uh, you know, oh, excuse me, that was exceedingly rude. Uh, it's very late, and I've been drinking uh, diet squirt. I believe is what that stuff <laughs> That'll is. That'll do but it. In any case, yeah, I don't know. I think that something that's been bothering me lately is the general sense of entitlement amongst the public. <laughs> okay. Let's say, for instance, you have, I don't know, a mobile television. And something goes wrong, and the company goes out of business. Do you take that out on the first fat guy you get on the phone? <laughs> Is that something? I mean, well, what? How do we know he's a fat it's guy? It's a paperwork? Oh, he sounds fat. How does a fat He guy has that know? deep, resonant voice like Pavarotti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I help you, sure? <laughs> I'm going to have talk to like snarf. Yeah, he talks like the robot chicken version of snarf. <laughs> I'm going to have to put you on hold. Lamicus <laughs> line two, please. The framistat is not working again. Snaps on. You little bitch. <laughs> no, but you know, you know where that I mean that comes from is I have paid you for this service. I demand my yeah. service. I, I honestly well, I, you know I, you know I, whose fault this is? This is this yours? is one of the those, liberals. The liberals. No, actually it's Oops. not. It's it's kind of a, a, a I suppose if you wanted to point fingers at a, at a political faction, it's no, actually really a pro don't. a pro business yeah, yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's that Somebody at some point said, you know what? The customer is always right. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, ancient right, saying. Right, right, right. Um, and eventually companies really, really started buying into that. And there's, you know, we sell more if we allow ourselves to be, to, if we allow our customers to completely debase us right. as a company. Right. You know, if we never put our foot down, if we just sit there and take it. Like little bitches, because, they, you know, people need that because in their own jobs, people do that to them. Mm -hmm. So the guys who end up getting the brunt of it is the people that call them. Basically, right. people whose job it is to interact with a customer, to interact with a customer when something has gone wrong. Right, right, right. So, you know, people feel this entitlement because, honestly, at, at, in corporate America, we've been telling people, everyone's been telling people that they are entitled to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this doesn't happen. Well, this actually doesn't happen as much in other countries because there is a line. There is a point in which people you're, say, you're once you get past Ohio, this point. <laughs> yes, that faraway country called Ohio. Yes. Um, no man's land, if you will. <laughs> um, no, we live in no man's land. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, don't Basically, make that whole space between New York and Los Angeles, no man's land. Yep. Just, just like, Wait, that, just like that giant country south of the United States, Panama. What you yep. mean, America's beard? <laughs> yep. From uh, from Tijuana to Tierra del Fuego. <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely yep. right. But you know what? I, do you think that there's a change going on right now? I have seen a subtle change where in in my job, where originally decade ago it was. You've got to make sure that this is right for this mm -hmm. customer. Right. And finally, we're to the point now where people are like, you know what? This customer is, a, is wrong. 
Right. Or as Matthew encounters, this customer's a jackass. Right. And finally, we're saying, no, 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 wait a minute. We have to have our, our integrity of our business. There is, there is a, I think that there is a change going on. It's, it's small and it's subtle, mm-hmm. but there is this pull for more affirmation. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes because, you know, for the longest time and even today, there's no workplace psychologist. Right. There's nobody that tells you, you know what? If you're having a terrible day at work, it's okay to go into the stairwell where, where nobody is and have yourself a little sob. Mm-hmm. Just have one on the company time, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, already people are, might be listening to this and being like, well, no, that's weird. That's strange. I just strange. sit at my desk and cry. Come on, what are you talking about? Well, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's stressful to go to work. Yeah. Being at work is stressful. And nobody tells you that it's okay to feel that stress. Right, right, right. But it's getting to the point where people are literally, well, not literally, but people are totally snapping mm-hmm. because of this stress, because they're treated this way, because they have to deal with customers that are jerkwads all the time. They right, just right. get a new jerkwad every time they answer the phone. Yeah. So there's been a, a, a pull, I think, for a more... Uh, a, a work environment that's more beneficial to the employee. And the only real reason for that is because they found that they spend more on, on, on psychological counseling outside of work that they could be saving up, you know, if, if the employee wasn't so stressed. Yeah. Um, but it's a change that is, that is moving at a snail's pace because I think people are still, you know, oh, people yeah, still, still think that, that, that people way. still yeah, think yeah. that that psychological aspect is is an on or off proposition. Mm-hmm. Either you're batshit crazy and shouldn't be working there, right. or you're a perfectly functional human being. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, anywhere in the world or the universe that may be listening to this, the next time you escalate a call and someone picks up and says, my name is Matthew, may I help you? Be kind to that person. Yep. Because he may be that spoilerite on the other end. <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, I I recently I recently uh had had to get a new phone and I'm sorry. While I was uh while I was trying to to put that together, you know, I called customer service because you know something wasn't working, and the 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 lady on the line was always like, you know, we we'd get something resolved and she's like, is there anything else that I can help you with? And I was like, and I kept trying to get off the phone mm-hmm. so that her handle time would be better because right, you know right. she, she was helping me and I was like well there's this other stuff but I can figure it out on my own I think she's like well no I'll help you mm-hmm. I was like okay that's nice well okay let's do it and then there was another issue and I was like yeah but I think I can I'll just call my my parents who are the like the because we are all in a family calling right, thing right, right. Um, I was like Oh no no! I'll just help you with it. And I was like, okay, awesome. I'm 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 trying to do what I think is helpful, but I think she's you know, I mean, I think she has to ask me and she has to insist. Maybe. I actually had a bunch of students who were working at a call center, not the one that Matthew might be thinking about here, but at a different call center, mm-hmm. and they're basically like, we don't have, we don't have call completion times. Right. It's we stay on the phone until the customer problems are solved, and mm-hmm. that's it. And you know, I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, to an to an extent. Yeah. Do you have anything like that at your place, Matthew? What's that? Where you stay with the customer no matter <laughs> what, even if you're pushing that 12-minute get off the phone and get to the next caller. Well, I mean, there, it's a, there's a fine balance to be had. Obviously, for me, there's a question of if a call goes 12 minutes, what is it that that customer wants and what can we do for them? Mm-hmm. At that point in time, I'm actually likely to take the call off an agent's hands simply because I have something that many agents do not, and that is this. I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to assist you. The right. end. And that, you know, when I say it like that, you know, people are like, who do you say? What are you saying? I'm saying that we cannot assist you with that. Here is what I can do for you. I will be happy to do any of these things. We cannot assist you with what you're asking for. The end. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, no, people can, that. people can get upset. And I have there, depending on what part of the country they're from, you have to deal with it different ways. If you get a New Yorker on the phone, you have a completely different ask. You have to have a completely different attitude than you would if a guy from Texas is mad at you. Cause a guy from Texas will curse and curse and curse and then apologize. And uh, tell you to have a good day and, you know, the equivalent of a slap on the back. Whereas a guy from New Jersey, if you tick him off, he'll rant at you for 20 minutes and you go, okay, I fixed it while you were talking. And mm-hmm. he'll be like, I, and then hang up. You know, that, that comes into play. I think that 
as an agent, when I was an agent several years ago, I would stay with the call until it needed to be finished because an average handle time is an average. But then there's also an attitude of you can't hold on to a call that you can't help. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't do anything, that call needs to go away from you because your job is to be ready for that next call. So mm-hmm. eh, it's a fine line. Yeah. Cool. All right. We need to get out of here because Matthew needs some sleep or else he's going to be real cranky with the next person to call. So we're going to let you go. And on the next show, we'll be talking about Skull Kickers from Image Comics. The first trade paperback is out of those first six issues. And we're going to be talking about that. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011